1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends ten thirty one seventeen. 17 DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by David Locke, radio voice of the jazz. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. I know this is Christmas and summer for you. You always get fired up for the NBA draft. I can remember when you were working in Seattle, you'd call me, here's what I've heard, here's what I've heard. What do you think the jazz are doing? Any other pieces of the puzzle you know? You still get that amped up for it, or is this year a little different?
0: Uh, this year, I haven't. You know, in the last few years, I have found guys I really like um, that I that I'm really excited about. Um, I haven't found that guy yet, so maybe that takes it away a little bit. Uh, there's all, certainly a lot of intrigue after the eighth pick of the draft from a Jazz standpoint of what's going to happen nine, ten, eleven. I think there's a lot of intrigue in the draft of what's going to happen and what the order is going to be three through eight. So I think it'll be a very interesting day. Um, I think the other one that gets really interesting is if you look at teams three through eight, uh, there's a legitimate argument that none of them wanna take that pick, that all of them are uh under high pressure to make a larger jump than what a draft pick can do for you and maybe allowing some teams to step up into the into the first part of that draft with some trades. So uh, I I think it's gonna be a crazy night and I think it could be one of the more interesting nights that I've covered as I'm heading to New York right now. Uh and so I'm excited. It doesn't have maybe you know quite the lure of when Dante, we had the fifth pick, and is it going to be Dante and then last year when I really was Trey Lyles and, and trying to figure out if we were going to get him or not.
2: I think the Jazz are going to trade the pick. I said it when you were on the air with us a couple of weeks ago. I still stand by that. What do you think?
0: Well, I get asked this question in almost every interview I do. You know, what are the chances the Jazz are going to trade the pick? And my percentage is very, very low just because of how incredibly hard it is to make a trade. Uh, I I do think the Jazz are uh, considering that as a real possibility. Um, You know, I think you have to prioritize if you're Dennis Lindsay and you're sitting in that chair and, and Walt Perrin and Dave Fredman, you know, the whole Bart Taylor and the whole front office, I think you have to sit there and really decide, okay, what's the most important thing for us as a franchise right now? And, I don't think the 12th pick fills, you know, one, two, or three on that list.
1: For the guys who you think are going to be available, but you're not falling in love with them, what is wrong with Sabonis? What is wrong with Pertle? What is wrong with Labissier? What is wrong with these guys who are being projected to be right in that neighborhood? There's something holding you back.
0: All right, so if I just ran through them, I mean, I think Sabonis will be Fine. He's 6'10, 240 pounds with a great motor and a, and a super focus and everything heading the right direction. So he'll be fine. Um, you know, he'll be a good player in the NBA. I'd be really surprised if he's not, uh, just because usually with that body, that size and that effort, you're all right. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure he can guard out on the floor. He's not long enough to be a five. Uh, I think he'll be able to shoot on the outside, which makes him interesting. And, you know, if he can get, you know, if he really can shoot it, then, then he really becomes a nice player. Uh, but it's a slow release. He's not his dad as a passer. He's a good passer, but he's he's not elite. At least not yet. Um, he's still very young though. So, um, you know, there's a possibility. Bonus has, uh, a, a very low floor and, and maybe a ceiling that can move a little bit, uh, if he continues that work ethic, but he doesn't have a wow factor to him. Uh, one thing I thought I saw in film that, you know, I'm an amateur, but that I thought I saw, which was a little disturbing is, you know, his good rebounding, I think, is largely based on the competition he played. When he played high level athletes, uh, there was regularity that people went over and knocked that rebound away. And he has no lift. And so he doesn't get those. And even when he does go up around the basket, there's a real coil, almost reminds me of Costa, uh, and the way Costa was when we first got him. So that's my take on him. Uh, LaBassière did, he just didn't play. I mean, he didn't play, right? I mean, I've watched Kentucky film. He's just not good in those films. Now, his workouts are great, and his body's incredible, and his shooting touch is supposedly fabulous. And you know, maybe he maybe he turns it around. Uh, but anything I've watched on him, he wasn't good at Kentucky. So that make that makes it hard for me to like him. Hurdle, uh, you guys know better than I do. And actually, I'm about to jump on the plane to New York, and I downloaded four Utah games to watch on the plane because. When I started this I didn't think he was gonna be there and then about a week ago I started talking about it now I'm pretty certain he will be though. There's still a chance Toronto though I'm here Sabonis over Pirtle nine. Uh I don't know, do you guys I don't I don't care about his college game. Tell me tell me whether he translates as the pro game. The the workaround the Warfano league is very skilled, good passer, has a strong face game that Chris Kovac never used, never gonna be a stretch. But also the word is very soft and very soft offensively. Um, and that's the concern. That's why he's gone from, you know, seven originally, maybe in the talk down to twelve or maybe fourteen.
2: I think part of the problem defensively is that as a freshman he was always in foul trouble, and so he maybe backed off a little bit to allow himself to stay on the floor more to the value of the team. He can wouldn't contribute nothing obviously on the bench. Uh, There is some concern there, but I think what his people will tell you is that he's got the work ethic to where if you teach him and tell him you need to do ABC, that's exactly what he's going to do. So those things that right now are viewed as negatives can be overcome, but I don't think there's any doubt that he has been dropping. His stock is falling right now.
0: It's really, it's another, I know everybody hates this, it's another classic example of going back to college does you no good at all. I mean, he he didn't make it, he's not making another penny because he went back to college. Everybody thought, like, oh, I'll go back to college, you'll rise in the draft. The exact thing opposite has happened. He's gone back to college and he's right back to where he was going to be drafted a year ago. So he's just going to be two million dollars behind on income when he enters the draft. It's, it's the reality of the world. Uh It, it seems to me uh, there's maybe two other players that could tilt this but if he's on the board at 12 while he may not be i just you know it's a legit 7-1 pretty good fourth big pretty soft spot from the land seems like that's a would be hard for the jazz to to pass on that skill set that was a question really do you agree with that Having watched him, I've really watched him almost none, so I don't know much about him.
2: You're speaking specifically at twelve. If you have him available at twelve, that's what you're asking. Is that something that we would agree with?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe even not even just the Jazz, just that talent level available at twelve in the draft. Where right. you know, if right. you remember from last year, after eleven in the draft, forty-nine, only forty-nine percent of players are rotation players yeah. after the eleventh pick of the draft.
2: Well, I have a hard time believing he wouldn't be at least a backup center for 10 years in this league.
0: Nick Collison was a 14th pick, I think. One like great 14th picks. I mean, if you can go get a 11-, 12-year veteran with a 14th pick, that's a huge win. Right.
1: I agree. He's really long in a pick-and-roll league. I don't know how well he's going to move laterally. Now he makes up for some of that because he just covers a ton of space standing there. So I just don't know if I see him as a starter on a high-level team. That's not the way the league is going. But you do need big bodies, so go get him. You know, he's not a guy—offensively, you've got to guard him. You can't be helping off him all the time. He'll kill you. So that's a positive at the other end of the floor defensively, I think teams can attack him. But, you know, if you're a big guy and you can go out there and give him 15 minutes, you know, you don't have to be out there in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. So I, I see that as his floor. I, don't just know, I just don't know how much higher his ceiling is going to be.
0: I do think one thing – I'm on an island on this one a little bit. On the whole realm of where the game is going, okay, so there's no question more threes are being shot. We're playing more in – in space than ever before. There's no, no question about that. But when people start talking about the trends of the league right now, more often than not, they're referencing things that Oklahoma City, Cleveland, uh, and Golden State did. The, those, the trend there is that they have the most elite players in the game. They have elite skill. Not that they're playing small or playing big. Frankly, San Antonio played big all year and were great. Uh, it's that they have elite-level skill. That's, that's the trend in the league. And it's never been any different, frankly. But I, I, I'm a little – and so when I talk about you know, Sabonis or, or Pirtle or – it's one of these guys. Are they, do they have elite-level skill? That's what I want to know. You know, Jonas Valanciunas is seven foot one. He doesn't do any of the things that people are talking about in the modern game – He's got elite-level skills. He's mobile. He's big. He rebounds. He can catch. He can finish. He's got a half decent jump shot. He's got elite-level skills. He can play. And I want to know whether guys have elite-level skills.
2: Do you foresee a situation where the Jazz go for a four-year guy because he may be able to contribute more immediately as opposed to a project?
0: Uh, all right, you're getting to another philosophical point that I have on this. I often don't think that those two differences are nearly as close as, uh, exist nearly as much as people think. Okay. So you get the really high level, undefined player, you know, who's still moldable, but he's got all the skills. I I think that guy in the right, with the right coach in the right circumstance can go give you 1200, 1800 minutes in a season. And if you're talking about a guy, that is defined, and you're talking about the 12th or 14th pick or in that range, so he's not an elite-level player, all he's going to give you is 1,200 to 1,800 minutes. So I'm not always sure I understand the difference of those two, and it's why I think you always draft the player that has better talent and skills, and then you mold them. Because I actually don't think the concept that I can immediately plug this guy in and he's going to be more helpful if he's limited, is actually that accurate.
1: David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You said you haven't fallen in love with somebody deep in the draft. You've always been able to find guys and get really excited about them and track them. Is there someone, for lack of a better term, that you've fallen in like with? You're not completely sold, but you're at least intrigued and partially sold.
0: So I'll run through the things I like um, on Wade Baldwin, the guard out of Vanderbilt. Uh, he's six four with a six ten or eleven wingspan. I thought when he was asked to guard Jamal Murray that we, in the Kentucky game in the second half after Murray had torched him in the first half that his wingspan was impactful. I think that when he gets going downhill, he's really elite, and in a big more space game, he might be pretty darn special going downhill when he can turn the corner on guys his mission team is a little bit of a disaster or maybe a lot of a disaster there are some questions about his personality with teammates and how he'll assimilate into a circumstance in which he is uh developing rather than the lead dog um but he's a bright kid he came from an interesting background with two involved parents they were divorced but they're they're involved. This doesn't seem to be any kind of red flag in that regard. Um, so Baldwin's probably the most, the one I maybe like the most. Uh, Farcon Corkmaz, who I'm a, a little bit on the flight as well and tonight, but when I've watched about him, I love his release. Um, he's a, it's quick. Uh, he's a 40% shooter. Doesn't, it's not fundamentally perfect. He, three point shooter. It's not fundamentally perfect. He gets it off. Uh, he's able, he's able to kind of, when he's open, he seems to be pretty dead eye. Uh, his, his athleticism is supposed to be high since he's won some dunk contests, but I actually haven't seen that and I can't tell whether a six seven guy dunking to win a dunk contest proves athleticism in Europe. Uh but he's pretty limited physically. He's gonna have to develop his body. The one story I really like on him is that he's got a two million dollar buyout for each of the next two years and he's supposedly willing he'd have to cover that. There's a limit on what teams can do. So he's gonna actually Hardly make any money to play in the NBA the next two years, but according to what I've heard, his agent has said that he wants to come to the NBA, get his body right, understand that's how he'll develop, and while maybe this next two years he doesn't make the money that he would make if you in Europe, that long term that's better. I like that approach, Sabonis's so motor we mentioned is awesome. Uh, who have I, uh, you know, I, I've got to watch Furtle a bit, bit more, but every, you know, some of the things I've heard of offensively are pretty exciting. I've talked to some people who think he'll be really good offensively. It, it, Chris Koviak used him in a collegiate way, but when he's used in a pro way, that he'll be, he'll be good. Uh, Valentine's interesting. He's, the knees are supposedly a concern. Uh, he passes the ball really, really well. He's mature. He's got a great personality. He did shoot better in the last year. Uh, and I do, think that he's kind of a sick, 6 backup point guard. And then, I mean, in this day and age, depending on the matchups, he could probably finish games. So if you got a guy at 12 who can finish some games, uh, that's probably, that's probably good. I think he'd struggle the deeper you got into the playoffs. Uh, so those are, those are, you know, Deontay Davis has got Derek Favors athleticism. So that's, you know, if we draft him, that's a pl- long play, uh, that it makes some sense. So, you know, there's things to like on all of them, but there's no, like Trey Lyles I watched last year and I just could see it. Like, not, and actually, when I watched Jabari a few years ago, I kept wanting to know who Rodney Hood was, and because uh, I watched Rodney Hood and thought he looked like to me like he was the best uh, player on the floor in most of those games. So, I, I, you know, those are the guys. And I saw Rudy's workout a few years ago. There just hasn't been hasn't been any of that kind of kind of stuff. Uh, you know, one guy that I think sorry just to kind of babble, but one other guy I think it's interesting. In the regard, you kind of know exactly what you're going to get, and the salad is uh Ante Zizic. I think is a Croatian kid. I mean, he's he's a really good player, and uh, nothing sexy about it. But he's big, he's strong, he's physical, and uh he'll play in the you know to the point we talked about earlier. He'll play in the NBA.
1: David Locke join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone off for New York in the NBA draft. David, hopefully, we'll uh, talk to you from there or talk to you when you get back.
0: All right, and for those people that are really geeks, um, on my Locked on Jazz podcast today, I brought up a uh, uncomfortable but maybe logical trades in their uh, concept for the Jazz. Nothing I think any of us want to do but make some sense on paper at least. And then on Locked on NBA podcast, there's all sorts of number geekery with Kevin Pelton today. Thanks, David. See you, guys.